City Council President Pro Tem's parked on the sidewalk. That's 45 bucks. Well, it seems like we got all kinds of money to waste in Detroit, except wasting money on the people. This is City Council President Pro Tem's city paid for Chevy SUV. I suggest all the council members who get the city funded cars get themselves a Ford. That's right, a car we can afford. That means drive your own car to work. Live from downtown Detroit, it's No BS News Hour with my main man, Tony Lodon. The No Bullshit News Hour is brought to you by Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. 248-663-4748. Do not gamble with your family's financial future. That's Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth. 248-663-4748. Sound, rational, financial advice. It's our first live broadcast from the dungeon. Yeah. It's the penthouse. <laughs> All right, today it's politics. We got the primary coming up. Politics, politics, politics. And stay tuned. Second half of the show. You know it's bad in Michigan when quadriplegic people are marching in the streets. We'll bring it all to you. Joining us, Alexis Wiley. Hey, Alexis. Hey. The former chief of staff to Mayor Mike Duggan and former member of the Democratic National Committee. Is this correct? Yes. Thank you very much. And we've got Jason Rowe, the former executive director of the Michigan GOP and current political consultant. Is this correct? This is correct. My man. Okay, let's, speaking of politics, let me start it this way. I'm driving north on I-94 when an image flashes above the escarpment like a ghost possum. Turn off that fucking music. Damn it, we'll fix it in post. So I'm driving north on I-94 when an image flashes above the escarpment like a ghost possum. It's a giant electronic billboard projecting the face of former Detroit police chief James E. Craig. Now, apparently Craig was serious about his threat to run a writing campaign for governor after his initial campaign explodes in a confetti cloud of fake signatures. He's now asking for your handwritten consideration in the Republican primary next week. Just fill in the dot and spell it correctly. C-R-A-I-G. Not the black guy, not black chief, not Jimmy, Craig. So I'm driving and my mind begins to run. Who would want to be the governor of Michigan anyway? The state of the state is a spectacular wreck run aground by self-serving and incompetent leadership. How bad is it, you ask? I'll tell you how bad it is. The earth is hot and it's overcrowded, but we're actually losing population in the Great Lakes State, surrounded by the largest reservoir of fresh water in the world. And we've lost another congressional seat, the fifth since 1980. We can't land a decent economic development deal. In Michigan, business leaders rattle their tin cups, accept the public welfare, and then take the midnight train to Georgia. The Whitmer camp thinks we're stupid. Her hipsters tweet bunkum about 25,000 auto jobs created under her governorship when, in fact, basic labor statistics show 3,000 auto jobs have been lost. Why bother with the land utilities and infrastructure strategy when you've got a gaggle of young pillow fluffers who understand the magic of Twitter? <laughs> For their part, the Lansing Republicans never met a bowl of pork they didn't like, a flute of bubbly they couldn't mooch, or a fetus they couldn't bully. The latest, the latest pledge to this sorority, Tudor Dixon, wants to be your governor. She famously told me that 14-year-old girls who've been raped by their uncles 
should have to carry the baby anyway. Her words caused a national outrage. Star Trek actor George Takai even called her a monster. Then she turtled up. You know you have a policy deficit when Mr. Zulu, Zulu, Zulu? Zulu. Oh, yeah. When Mr. Zulu can <laughs> beam you to Mars. Meanwhile, nobody says boo about what we did to the institutionalized elderly. How many died under Whitmer's COVID policies? Attorney General Dana Nessel is silent about all things nursing homes. She's running, too against a Republican lawyer with a shady background whose sole policy statement seems to be to relitigate the 2020 election. Get over it. It's 2022. The young people see little future in Michigan. The majority of graduates from the University of Michigan leave the state once they get their diplomas. They head for the hills. That's right, they do. Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Chapel Hill in North Carolina. Spring Hill, Tennessee. Whitmer even tells the Washington Post that her daughters are thinking of move away if things don't change here fast, and they won't. And meanwhile, we're losing population in Farmington Hills. Michigan's congressional delegates also have called the moving van. When districts were redrawn, four congresswomen had to move to a district where they actually stood a chance of getting elected. Now, you know you're disliked when your immediate neighbors won't vote for you. The disdain for the political class is not unique in Michigan, of course. Congress once polled lower in popularity than hemorrhoids and root canals. And that's the thing about hemorrhoids. They're not fake. They're not partisan. And people know where they're actually coming from. And so where's the media in all this? Joining Congress as one of the most disliked institutions in America is the press. Trust in the media has collapsed to an historic low, according to a recent poll. The most trusted source of news in America now? The Weather Channel. Yep. A guy strapped to a light pole in the middle of a hurricane is taken more seriously than the evening news anchor. Michigan politics are a cesspool. If I were Craig, I would forget the whole ego trip write-in thing. I'd take my police chief pension and head for the hills. Perhaps Chino Hills, California. <laughs> it bills itself as... A great place to be. I don't think you've ever been to Chino Hills, have you? That's what I was thinking. I, I, I've been to Chino Hills. I, I, don't know, but I, I don't know who came up with that. It's dry. It's got a lot it's, of parts. It's, it's, you know, it's all right. It's all right. So who's going to win this primary for governor? Would it be Tudor Dixon, Kevin Rinke, the heir to the car fortune, Garrett Saldano, who's pimping fake pills like they cure COVID. He's telling you COVID is just a cold. Or this guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Kelly, the guy that, you know, got some misdemeanors for waving people in the Capitol. Come on, man. It's a revolution, man. We're going to go in there, man. Let's go, man. Let's gonna take it back. Except he didn't go in. What kind of fucking captain doesn't lead the troops into battle? What do you think this dude did? Where, where, if he didn't go in the Capitol, where'd he go? IHOP? <laughs> Did he do a tour of uh, the Smithsonian? I don't, Republican dude, you were late, so you can go first. <laughs> and the question is, who's going to pull this out? Yeah. I give a, a slight edge to Tudor Dixon. Um, you know, I, I, Trump's kicking around. He, may, he tweeted out on our tweet on his uh, Truth Social that he's taking a look at Tudor Dixon and may endorse her. And I think at this late stage in the game, his endorsement could decide it, but... Another poll came out from the Trafalgar group that had her, I think, at 28 and Rinky down to 17. Um, 
The last poll before that had her up 28-22 on Rinky. Uh, so right now she's got a slight edge, but now uh, Democrats are spending $2 million running ads against her statewide, and that's $2 million in five days. That's 2,500 wow. gross rating points in Grand Rapids alone. I mean, that is complete saturation. And for people that don't know anything about gross ratings points, uh, typically if you were running a heavy buy on uh, broadcast television, which is the four networks, 700 points in a week would be a very healthy buy. They're running 2,500 points in Grand Rapids in five days. It's a well, really good ad. I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> what's, it, what's it say? Just really focused on her, you know, defunding the police. So basically, when you zero out the income tax, you got to think about what happens next, right? Who relies on income tax funding? Your public safety, your police. So literally, you are now saying you're defunding the police. And I think that the party has been very, very smart in getting, you know, communicating that and educating the people across the state that with Tudor Dixon, that's the kind of policy you're going to get. But it... it she never said to fund the police. This is just but crafty you gotta, you gotta think shit. about what happens next. You zero out the income tax. You're t what does that actually mean? All this stuff. People get to say whatever they want in little cute lines that sound good to somebody until it actually impacts your life and you gotta have the conversation at the kitchen table. This just shows me that, that Democrats are smarter and more organized because I'm not fooled. I know what Democrats say defund the police. So I don't think you're going to see... Small group. Small group. Sm oh, so now we're... Small, small, small oh, so, I'm, I'm just saying. So I'm, now I'm, the Democrats are fucked up as the Republicans. <laughs> you don't know who the hell you are. I really hope that they implode and that we've got four corners like the, the country really is. Right? I With mean... Four corners like, means... You're looking at like the, the, the country club Republicans... And the working class Republicans. It's the same with the Democrats, but they haven't had their comeuppance yet. I just think there's a lot of people in the middle who just want stuff to make sense and work, who like really don't care about what's happening in Washington or in Lansing or anywhere else. They're just like, how much is it costing for me to get milk? Can my kid get a job? And is school actually preparing them for anything meaningful? Those and are the and Alexis right there is, is laying out the Republican agenda. I mean, those are all the issues that Republicans have the advantage on. That's the agenda that Republicans are running on. And that's all the things that the Democrats have screwed up and have made, you know, Gretchen Whitmer uh, should be very beatable by her record. And frankly, until the Roe v. Wade decision, she didn't have one single thing to point to that she could run on as an accomplishment. It's the first opportunity that she's been on offense. She's running ads in which she says no new taxes. She proposed a 45 cent a gallon gas tax increase in her first couple months in office, and then has the gall to turn around and run a campaign about how she didn't raise taxes in four years. And, and we're gonna completely disagree on this part because I absolutely believe that the governor has spent the last, her entire term, working really hard on behalf of the people of this state. And I think coming- We, we do doing, disagree. We do that. disagree. And, and, we, and But we, we lovingly disagree. So it's, it's all been oh, very positive. No, no we like each other. You messed around. Like, we actually like, like, we're cool with each other. Yeah, yeah because, because folks, that's the game in the game. It's, it's all just, a, it's like the sheepdog and the coyote. You ready? When they're done, they check out, see you tomorrow, George, right? Not, That's not, the way it used complete. to be. No, we, we don't. We well, don't. I'm looking we, at we, what we I got. The Republicans offer me nothing with nobody with any experience. And then I do look at Whitmer's record. Why isn't COVID an issue? Why aren't the nursing homes an issue? Why isn't inflation? You couldn't balance these books without all the fake federal money. Well, uh, there's two reasons. Where's the, the, the attention span of the electorate isn't long enough to make things that dramatically impacted their lives, which they did in 2020 and 2021. And we're on to a whole new set of issues. And we spent two years fighting over 
school lockdowns and mask mandates and our kids and all of that, that stuff. That I would say all kept us safe. So I do believe that she could, she is in a lot of ways running on COVID because I think that her policies did save lives, 100%. I think, I'd love her so to I, run on COVID. I, I, I'd love I, her I mean, to I'm run just on saying, COVID. I think that it I, saved lives. We don't even know how many people died in the nursing home and nobody's taking a look. It saved lives. I tell you what, our kids are screwed up. It saved lives. The economy is a fucking wreck because we did that. It so, yep. ruined lives. But I think you got to also think about the pandemic is something that nobody has faced. Nobody alive has ever gone through. Elected, not elected. Nobody, nobody knew how to tackle this thing. Mm -hmm. I think everybody did the best they could mm -hmm. in that moment. I personally believe that the policies that she, what she did were actually good things. I thought it was good that they, you know, worked closely with cities to make sure that we got, you know, masks and got, you know, the vaccines out and did a, a lot of good things. I think that- But uh, uh, can, yeah. can I ask this question, Alexis? Let me ask you this. And, and yeah. this would also apply to Jason in your position because everybody is so party loyal. Would you feel that way if you were working with and involved with somebody on the other side of the aisle? Would I feel that way if I was on? Another I'm saying about. I'm saying would 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 that perspective and be objective, if in fact you were not affiliated with the party that you are affiliated with. And, and I'm only asking that because I I, I mean I, I was listening last night to some folks and everybody's so party loyal that they refuse to look at it objectively. Um, they look at it subjectively because they are supportive of the party that they are a part of. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, if, if I were to, to look at this, I think the way I think of the pandemic is as somebody who, one, had a baby in the pandemic, had to find my way through the pandemic, like everybody else, right? For, for me, I feel like she did a good job and Michigan's leadership did a good job through it. That's, that's well, me personally. I want to go back to what you started with, though. No one knew what to do, and, and this was a new situation I we never that. faced before. I do, too. But you know what they did know how to do? Exploit the political shit out of that situation. And, you know, I was in California when it started, and I watched Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, uh, Cuomo, the governor of New York, all four of them interviewing uh, to be vice president of the United States. And every three to five days, they, each of them would come out with a more draconian lockdown policy, trying to one-up each other and escalate this thing. And they were driving what everybody else was doing, except the red states, except for Ohio, where Voinovich was doing a lot of what they were doing. Now, fast forward to when did they all, all of them, and I want to say also Inslee up in Washington state, he was playing this game too, and a couple of the mayors. When did they pull back on all the lockdowns? The week of the inauguration of Joe Biden, which at that time, that January, was the single deadliest month of the COVID pandemic throughout the entire thing. So yeah, they didn't know maybe how to navigate the pandemic, but they navigated the shit out of the politics. And how is it that all of a sudden Joe Biden gets inaugurated and we're in the deadliest month and they all say, okay guys, you can go back to school, you can go back to work, you can do all the things that you were doing before. What happened in that moment outside of the inauguration that I allowed will, those five to do that? I will also say this, from June of this year to June of last year, the second year of the pandemic, we have more deaths than the first year, and all of a sudden we don't know anything about COVID. But it's an election year. But That is true. I, so the, the only thing I'd say- Alexis, is it an election year? Uh, it, it is indeed an election. I, I will concede that. But I, but I would say, though, I do think we got to a point where nationally 
people were just kind of over it. Yep. It didn't matter what Gretchen Whitmer, Gavin Newsom, anybody else in the country. Oh, I'd said say they were over it about, about a year putting, earlier. Well, than that. but but I'm but I'm just saying I think it it got to a point where it was like it didn't matter how many mandates people weren't putting the mask back on. They weren't not going to go to work. They weren't not going to go to the restaurants. They were doing their thing. And at some point, you kind of got to recognize, I don't care how many things you put out there, nobody's going to do it. This is my issue. If we, we're still not counting all the nursing homes, all the assisted living facilities, as Whitmer decreed we should when she took over control of the Constitution, it's quite probable that over 50% of all the deaths in Michigan, one of the highest death rates in America, occurred there, and we didn't count it, nor are our roads fixed. Plus, unemployment was screwed up. Plus, inflation. I'm riding with Biden, she said. Auto reform. Auto reform. I don't know. But. By the way, another issue she ran, she fought and then great. is running on. Yeah, that's great. But you got nobody with any experience that even tickles the fancy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. I'm, this is a. Part two, all of a sudden, this is becoming a weekly deal here. I'm going to call it Weasley wannabe politicians pretending they didn't say it. Last week, it was Tudor Dixon. I didn't, you know, I mean, I didn't mean it to be mean about a 14-year-old having to carry the uncle's baby. This time, it's Kevin Rinky when I asked him about gun control. Uh, here he is on WOOD Radio with Justin Barclay, good radio show on the west side of the state, talking about gun control because he got in a little bit of trouble. Charlie LaDuff asked me my personal opinion, and I said background checks don't bother me. And I said some people, you know, to the right of me may get upset with that statement. Just because I expressed a personal opinion does not mean that I am for stricter background checks. And that's what was misleading. Hmm. <laughs> misleading. Who was misleading? He, he's, he's two weeks out from an election, and he's just offering his personal opinions independent of what he might do as the governor? What's unfortunate with this is that he's actually saying what, what his, pop, his opinion is what the average person says. I, I kind of like the it. Average, like he literally spoke to the average person and then realized, oh, I can't speak to average people and win the Republican primary. Let me back up. Well, let's, That's what I think. let's mm, listen to a little bit of what he said to me. So the background checks, I think, are one step that should be considered. Hmm. And there shouldn't be a loophole. Hmm. Hey, I like that. Yeah. So just to be clear, like, yeah, you, you would look into maybe closing the long-arm loophole between individuals since that's how the pistols are sold. You get If you go to a licensed yes or no, broker. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. If you go to a licensed broker, you get a background check. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So between individuals, why not the same since that's how it works with pistols? That's a, kind of a centrist thing. See, that that could work. That could work for you. Yeah. Or it might not work for you. you know, I certainly don't see that as a huge infringement. We're uh, already doing some it. on the far right may be angry about it, but we got to govern everybody. And if we can save one life because of a background check, you know what? I don't see it as that big of a detriment as long as it is applied appropriately by the government. Hmm, Karen... You're all yes. What did you hear? Did you hear a misrepresentation? 
No, I mean, this is a repeat of what happened during your interview with Tudor Dixon. Uh, again, you know, I mean, it's doublespeak. People say things and they think about what they said and what they meant to say and what they didn't say. And then they want to go back and now that's that's just now. <laughs> Own it. What else to say? Own it. Own it. You said yeah, you should. That's what we talked about. And remember, when you walk into the dungeon of the no bullshit news hour, you're not getting bullshit questions. Answer it. That's the But that's why nobody comes, Charlie. Okay? (laughs) Whiskey? I got a beer. You know what, though? I honestly think the big issue is he forgot he was still in the primary. He thought he was in the general at that point. That's the way he should have... If he made it to the, I I bet you, let him make it through Tuesday. He's back here with you saying, yep, I meant it. Because, but he forgot where he was. He forgot he, his, his mind was in the future. Well, for him. Uh, and you have to go way back and probably nobody watched it because no one knew who he was, but he was on off the record with Tim Skubik when he first got in. Mm-hmm. And he was very much positioning himself as a centrist Republican. He was uh, fully supportive that Joe Biden was the president. Uh, now, all of a sudden, he's re- revisiting 2020, and if the election was uh, legitimate, um, this is another example of backpedaling. Um, you know, and that part of this is being a novice who's not very political and doesn't have an ideological core. I mean, I, I know Kevin. This is an ego uh, run. This is not, um, uh, so, you know, a, a guy who wants to serve the state. It's a guy who's got an ego that wants to put his ego out there. And we have an issue with that, don't we? Because after Tuesday... Yeah, I think I think this goes back to kind of what what Karen was asking in the very beginning of like people being too afraid to speak about what their real experience is. And the primary system actually really it it creates that environment where especially and, you know, when you look at what's happening in the Republican Party to get through, you have to speak to the most rabid. You cannot speak to the average person. Is that true? I mean, it's Republican true, it, it works in both parties. It's the same thing, just like the progressives now. I mean, you got Joe Biden who ran as a moderate, a centrist. That was his whole appeal when he got into that race. When he was getting his ass kicked and he was limping into South Carolina and we were already coronating Bernie Sanders, all of a sudden he flipped on long-held beliefs that he had. One of them in particular was abortion. You know, he was always the lead Democrat in the Senate on preventing taxpayer funding of abortion. And when all of a sudden that became an inconvenient view because the hardcore pro-choice uh, progressives in the party weren't going to give him a pass on that. He just threw it out the window like he never had that view, even though he had it for 35 years. But I, I don't know if we can frame it that way in that when you look at the polling around abortion and reproductive freedom, that's actually across the board. People feel this way. But, and I think but but, but it was felt that, that way for 35 years. Far, still, right. Well, I think that I think the Democratic Party still has a really good hold on. Yeah, you got those far left people who are pulling, pulling, pulling. But I think you still got enough of folks who old school folks who've got the reins, right? I think that what happened with the Republican Party is Trump came in, blew up the reins, and now you've got this core that identify themselves as active Republicans who are more Trumpians, right? They're not necessarily Republicans, they're Trumpians. I don't think either y'all's party can manage anything. And that is, that is the anger. Like, we are dying and you all did it. And speaking of old people, that segment weaselly wannabe politicians pretending they didn't say it is brought to you by (laughs) 
Legacy. Is that going to be a new regular segment? <laughs> yeah, you, it's political season. Let me pin it. Who pin. is this other glass for? It's that certainly not mine. And this, yeah. yeah, you can have that whiskey there. I, I can pass it to anybody else in this space. What? <laughs> You're close. Would you, would you like a beer? It's very tasty. I know, I know. Just, I know. Have, a no, just have a little. Just a tip. Just a tip. I have a lot of like senior ladies who really like me, and I, I try not to. Speaking of senior ladies, you know senior ladies? Listen I, yeah, to this I, I know show. senior ladies. Legacy Partners Insurance. Because what's going on now, this becomes the season when you're 64 you're going to get on meta uh medicare no no medi yeah medicare yeah. medicaid and medicare 64 you're getting all these calls it's illegal for them to call you what do you got to sign up in the window if you right. don't sign up in the window they're, they're you're screwed right there's also a window for people who are on medicare and they've got a window to find a better deal how do you do it legacy partners insurance 586-209-4106 or LegacyPartnersINSinsurance.com. They'll come to your home. They'll call you back the same day. It's free. Sounds and like a great deal. I asked my mom, hey, mom, you know, I know some good people. She goes, yeah, no, I, I, I'm good. <laughs> you, you know, old people, man, my mom's getting old. She is, she's getting crotchety, but we're going to sit down. You, you know what I'm saying? So- do it for yourself or do it for your parents and, and stop with the shyster recalls because, again, it's, it's not legal to solicit for Medicare. It's not. So these are the people I recommend. I really do. And uh, let's go on to the congressional races, primaries. Let's do the 13th here in Detroit. Probably the presumptive, looking at the polls, Adam Hollier and Shreet Andahar, Right. Yeah, I was mispronounced his name. Olia? It's Shri. Oh, Shri. Yeah. yeah Oli, is it Olia? Olia. 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 Adam Olia and Shri and Shri. All right. So I, I went through. I went, uh, thank you, Karen. I went through the filings. Five million for Shri, all paid for by himself. 6.5 for Olia. 1.5, right, in his campaign, he's funded by... Let's see here. Wrote it down. Let me give it just no bullshit news how we do our work here. Dan Gilbert, Mike Duggan, the Nicholson family, they run the chemicals, uh, a mining magnet, Stroh's, ministers on city hall's payrolls, downtown law firms, casinos, and developers. He's got five million in dark money from the American Israeli lobby and a cryptocurrency king so it comes down because this thing's neck and neck i mean it's a this is 12 million dollars so far for a congressional seat so for gross point it's the weirdest congressional district in america uh -huh. gross point east side of detroit and down river so looking at that constituency looking at that money go ahead republican you go first what's best for this really oddball district you know, it's it's a Democrat seat, so I don't pay as close of attention. But Why don't you I, say Democratic? I, in, I mean, what what is, what is this dog whistling with the far right? That's, <laughs> it's the Democratic Party. It's copyrighted Democrat. Right, and that's what I said, Democrat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so I don't pay close attention to it, but, you know, living in Metro Detroit, I see the TV ads. I mean, Shree started way earlier than anybody. He's got a compelling story. 
Um, but now me, all of a sudden you got all the noise and, you know, you got to remember absentees. But I think in this district, you're probably not going to have as many early absentee voters as you would other congressional districts. But a lot of the spending started maybe three weeks out. And I think Olie seems to be have the most intense amount of spending on his behalf right now. So I kind of feel like he's coming up. But there's other good candidates in that uh, field, too. But I don't see the spending like Michael Griffey is a great candidate, but I don't see the kind of spending I would have thought he would have uh, uh, pulled together. But Shri got a head start. I mean, he's been on TV for two months. Alexis, Alexis you're, you're, this, yeah. this is all inside bait. Who do they vote for? The, the wheelers and dealers or the, which would be Olier, right? right. He, he's sort of the suitcase carrier for the, the power. You can see the dark money. Or Sri Tanahar, the businessman who abandoned, you know, he had a pharmaceutical company and he abandoned monkeys and puppies. Right. Adam, all day long. Yeah, because 100%. you worked for Doug and that's why. I, I love, but, 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 but I have known, I have, I, I know Sri. I know Adam. Sri's a nice guy. Like he's a, a super nice guy. But at the same time, I think he wanted, he just wants to go to Congress. Like, I mean, this is that's a guy. That's what they all going, want to do. Well, don't they but, all just want to go to Congress? I, I that, Thank I you, think Karen. that Adam, in my opinion, is somebody who is positioned to represent our district well. Um, I think that, that he's some, he's working hard. He earns, I, I'm all, I'm all in for Adam. So. Uh, Karen, you live in the district. What are you leaning towards? Well, I'm not going to say um, because I don't want any the, any of that to be uh, mis misunderstood as an endorsement. Um, but, you know, when people look at who's endorsing who, you also have to look at who's not endorsing whom. I mean, that makes a big difference. But, Alexis, I certainly I agree with you. He wants to go to Congress. They all want to go to Congress. And, and, and my one question to everybody is, why do you want to run? I mean, you think about our congressional representatives and what we have and have not received as a result of them being there. There's a lot of talk about black representation and the redistricting, and the impact that it has on that. But what do we have to show for what we have had in the past? And what can we honestly look forward to from any of them? Buckus. Buckus. Eastside, Eastside, I'll tell you what, the, uh, the data I'm looking at, Tanahar is winning in Detroit. and He won Ol when he ran for governor, Charlie. And yeah. Olier is winning in Gross Point. And watch this. Ooh, the rednecks downriver are going to decide this and nobody's even talking about him. Oh, my God. You see a lot more, but you, you have seen more of the, the commercials and the images starting to kind of switch up where they've got like the picture is like Adam or Shri with like the nice old white lady who's like standing in front of her Garden City house or, or something the, like that. The, the military photos. Right, the military. Like you, you see them kind of switching up, right? I think it's good that, you know, there was a time when Shri was going to be able to walk into this and just blast everybody. Like there's nobody who'd be able to be competitive. I think it, the positive of it is that they have made, Adam has made Shri have to run. Like he's really gonna have to. He's he's got to run. He wasn't before. He just was Mike, gonna buy the race. Mike Duggan is making Shree run. I'm looking at like if you don't got millions or you're not in with the power, you're not getting in. You're not. Unbelievable. This is and and Mike again. is rebuilding his. Mike is rebuilding the political machine that we saw and that was lost under Ed McNamara. That machine is being rebuilt, and all of that is being mm. put behind the people that he chooses to put in place. Mm. And those people are being put in place. I'm not questioning their qualifications. I'm not questioning their commitment. But this is part of a political strategy. People 
support people that they can influence. But I, but I also, but, 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 but I also think we need to talk about the first ones who came out for Adam. Wait a minute, wait, 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 I don't want it to move. Yes, part of the machine. All the pastors, Mayor Duggan was actually kind of late into the game when it comes to Adam. So you got to like, he was late publicly, Publicly. But I I think he was late publicly, but he wasn't late. What's APAC doing supporting Oli? <laughs> and I still want to answer about them goddamn beagles, Shree. You you abandoned the beagles and the monkeys. There's no doubt about this. You got to answer That's for true. it sometime. That's I would have run that one. <laughs> Which is it has come beagles. back up, Charlie. It has. Yes, well, it's come back up. Post that that was exclusive. Okay, <laughs> let's move to the eleventh, the brand new eleventh. I'm in the eleventh. This one pits two sitting Congress people, right? Haley Stevens and Andy Levin. Who should I vote for? They vote exactly the same. The free press even said they vote exactly the same. So vote for Stevens because he's a chick. It's, it's amazing, these kinds of races. And I can't believe the amount of spending in a race in which those people, both of them are going to vote exactly the same time, the same way, 99.9% of the time. And they are spending millions of dollars, including outside money, to get the same voting record once they get in there. I say vote for Haley because Levin should have stayed where he was and shouldn't have moved and shouldn't create this dynamic in the first it's place. It's interesting you say that because it was actually Stevens that moved into my district and Levin never moved and I got a no, problem. No, but he, but he moved to be able to run against her just this time, No, right? she moved to run against him. I, I don't, okay, we need to look. look Google it. Quickly, she bailed on McLean. She bailed because she would have been stuck with McLean, wouldn't? Or was that Slot? No, I thought it was. Wasn't that he was in a district where he would have had to face? Uh, no, he wouldn't have had to face John James, right? Yeah, that's what he, I thought. that's where he was. Then he decided to move so that he had to face Haley, even though everybody was saying, "Stay where you are." Like she's good. Like you guys are the same. We shouldn't. You know, we'll all support you. And then he was like, nope, I'm going to take her on. And then everybody was like, and no, you're the biggest loser. Well, and, and that seat that John James is running for is not like an easy Republican seat. Like no, though, though I think John is now going to just Yeah, now I think through. it's over John, now. It's done. But Levin had been in that seat. I think that and would be a And he chose not to have seat. a fight. So is it possible, while we look this up, like Jesus hippie, is it possible that the only... African-American representative in the state of Michigan, 15% African-American, that it, the only black person in Congress will be a Republican? Absolutely. That is absolutely a, a possibility. Come in here, Jesus. Hey, hurry uh-huh. up. Come over here. Wait. Come over here real quick. <laughs> no. Okay, you better have found the road right say? article, Just, though. I didn't say Look up Get the fuck out of here. I Break feel down. like you're not right. Uh, Haley Stevens moved. Haley Stevens. No, no. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You need to look up. Levin was gonna be. Yeah, we he rewrite the history. Yeah, it was a little bit of, little bit of fake Payne. news look over that here. Up. I'm gonna find Democratic get National phone. Committee member. Mm. All right, get it. All right, pull it, pull it up, pull it up, mm. pull it up. Next, now we're gonna. I'm gonna be right. Weasley Democrat <laughs> going back on the word. I'm just saying, I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be right. All right, while we're working on that, well, the, 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 no, don't do it. Don't worry. It's, right, I know it's a, it's a long, I, I don't like it's, it's, a, it's a tough crowd. Yeah, all right. Let's go to the third district, uh, west side of the state. Uh, Congressman Peter Meyer voted to impeach Trump, supports gay marriage, and voted for gun control. Now, Dems, well, I should say this. 
a Trump bag candidate moves back into the state to take him on, and the Democrats are running commercials against the Trump guy, right? Calling him too conservative because they actually don't want to run against Meyer because he's more centrist. And now that's a 50 50 district with the redrawing. So it's super clever, double spy shit. Hey, Trumpies. He's too conservative. They're going to vote for him. Great. Then we got a nutbag that the Dem... Is, is that the plan? Because the Dems, that's fucking genius and never been done, right? Oh, it's been done, yeah. But not to this Not level. on the scale. But oh, you my. have... And not really in Michigan as much, right? Well, it, it, I would say it's been done in some places over the years, but it's a Democratic play. So they did it in the uh, Colorado Senate race. They did it in the Pennsylvania and the Maryland governor's races. So the Democratic Governors Association, the Democratic Senatorial Committee, and the Democratic Congressional Committee are doing it all over the place. And there's a lot of senior Democrats around the country that are pretty ticked off about it because it's a Republican wave year and the, these guys could end up winning. And we still got to be able to govern and yeah, it's going to be problematic. You sound like the back of a baseball card. <laughs> have some, have some of this weed. I brought my own. I got mine. Have some of this weed. It's legal weed. I've got mine. Go ahead. Oh, you brought us weed. For, for, the, for those who can't see, I am not partaking in, in any of this. It's totally legal, man. It's I like, am it's, not partaking. Oh my God, the, 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 the Republicans are more like the other parties. They're hip. Well, he came from San Diego. <laughs> Motherfucker, look at those legs. He shaved them out. Huh? When's the last thing you... Oh, this is petrified. I know, it's fresh. I, just, <laughs> I did it for you. I bust yours out. Okay. So See, this, did is, you look this, up is, why, this is why I don't come back to, yeah, the, to I, the penthouse I, or, or the is, lower level. You know, I, I should have I known when I saw you, you're still, still on Zoom, Karen, that I, I missed something. I should have called you. I, try, I tried to warn you. <laughs> you know. Just for, for the record, um, Jason Rowe is a snobby country club Republican who actually grew up in a trailer and all of a sudden he forgot. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> forgot what hospitality is. Here you go, bro. I'll make that for you. No blue label, Charlie? We'll do it on commercial break. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no blue label. No blue label. So on that blue label bit we did with uh, Chief Craig, that's going to be his running mate, blue label. So Karen's, Karen's really cool and she's like, uh, oh, what, what is red drink? And I'm like, I, I think he said blue label. I mean, I, I don't really know the colors, and she, she, she bought it for him. It was like 250 a bottle. <laughs> and he hadn't even well, seen I don't drink, so I don't know, but, you know, I, Charlie and Red ask, and, you know, I got Charlie what he normally drinks, and so, you know, it's really? all good. <laughs> okay, so, um, it, it, listen, did anybody find anything on the internet that would save Alexis's ass about? <laughs> yes, you did. You know what? This is a setup, and I'm going to do it for my own phone. <laughs> I, I okay, should have known. Tudor. I am in Wait. hostile territory right okay, now. Okay, here's what we'll do. Wow. Alexis, you're, you're acting like Tudor Dixon. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nothing, like, nothing between me and Tudor Dixon. Okay, well, while Alexis Wiley, uh, uh, big big Democratic uh, politico, and uh, uh, looks up on the internet uh, some face-saving information, and Jason, the, the big GOP political, smokes his weed off camera, we want to bring you these commercial messages. Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. Choosing between a 15 or 30 year mortgage can be difficult, which is why we offer the Modern Mortgage, a flexible term that's customized for you. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us online at callhallfirst.com.
American Coney Island. So good, even Al Roker from the Today Show eats here. Not like that other guy, Al Joker, who eats at Lafayette. So make sure you're a Roker and not a Joker. American Coney Island. Allies accuse her. Yes, that's the article. You are so. Red's Red research had director. my back. Red had my back. Okay. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. All right. All right. All right. Allies are accusing Haley Stevens' opponent of carpet bagging. What's the date on this thing? This is uh, April 8th, 2022. April 8th. But April carpet 8th. bagging is the thing these days, right? I'm just saying, April 8th. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to keep reading and find myself a little line. Charlie, can you, 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 you mess with my credibility out here. I just had to. <laughs> thank you, Red. I just appreciate you, sir. I really hey, bon do. Hey, back there. Be, be the, be the you, settler here. Uh, Joey Coney Island calling you. I, I can use back your phone. I just, I, I just I wrote this. You. This was fact check. Thank you, sir. Okay, listen. While we're doing that, so this is a good issue. Up to Tuesday, Levin or Stevens, who's killing him, by the way, like yeah. should make this a should make this an issue. Yeah. But let's yeah. remember, Slotkin moved, Dingle moved, um, Rashida Tlaib moved, and John James moved. This is, I mean, stay put and try to win. And if yeah. you, know, my neighbors don't like me much, and I don't like them either, because my neighbor up north, my 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 cottage, this guy thinks my beach is his beach. And I'm real nice. I'm real nice about it. And then he brings. Wait, who's the country? Your beach? You have a beach? I have a beach. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, and an outhouse. In a well. That's what I got. Oh, okay. So I got, right, I got the right. old school. And he's got that new school thing, you know, 450,000 with the running water and the <laughs> central heat. <laughs> and then he, he got a really rope nice. ladder. And he comes down to my beach five times a day with his wife and his fucking Dobermans. And I'm like, bro, the fucking Dobermans jumping on my kid. You got, and he goes, what do you mean? Your beach? I'm like, just like Rose Point, bro. My beach. It, like, hey, right, Karen? You got that thing? You got the thing with the dogs and your neighbors? Uh, I have other issues with my neighbors, not the dogs. Didn't I have the issues dog... with the neighbors, not their dogs. <laughs> Didn't the dog, like, woman's walking the dog? Tell us a story about the woman walking. Oh, you mean the lady that was walking the dog, and I was on the phone in the living room just kind of randomly looking out through the window, the dog crapped in the front. Okay, oh, no. it happens. She reaches down. I thought she was going to pick it up. She wipes the dogs behind and she sticks the tissue in a plant around my tree. So I went to the door and said, uh, excuse, she was shocked because I don't think she saw anybody, but I made her pick it up. I'm like, first of all, why are you wiping the dogs behind? And second of all, why are you sticking it in my shrubs? Yeah, that, that's that. Yeah, she was out of line. She's out of order for that one. Uh, she was out of line in my lawn. She yeah, was. You're no, right. No, she was out of line. That reminds me of uh, my stepdad. Uh, his dog had gotten into my niece's candy, the Halloween candy, and ate the whole bag. And I come over to visit, and the dog's constipated. So he's pulling candy wrappers out Ugh. of its asshole like it's a take-a-ticket machine. And I'm thinking, TMI. if it was my dog, I'm like, mm, buddy, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, speaking of dogs, speaking of just a dog job, you know, not calling a person a dog, the, the, your dog in the job, but Attorney General Dana Nessel, who issued a press release in an effort to better protect vulnerable adults in nursing homes, 
Michigan attorney Danny, uh, Dana Nessel is launching a new complaint system that creates a direct line between the department and facility administrators who may notice warning signs of financial exploitation. Here's the portal, blah, blah, blah. The safety and security of nursing home residents is one of my department's top priorities. This portal will provide an avenue for nursing home employees to report suspected embezzlement and financial exploitation. When did that come out? Uh, the 27th, which was... This week. Two days ago? So after the Tracy Carmack story? Cornack. Uh, or Cornack. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so listen. the This comes from the story we did about the lawyer who's trying to build the insurance company for a woman she looks after who's brain damaged in a nursing home when it appears that it, 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 it doesn't compute. Possibly, I'm not saying, needs to be investigated. Insurance fraud. But we've heard nothing. You're the Democrat. I mean, is this good right now that the state treasurer for the Democratic Party is accused of this, there's documentation, and there's been no word? I think it's extremely concerning because at the end of the day- Thank you, that's honest, thank you. Yeah, I mean, anybody in any position, if, as all the facts have been laid, from me knowing nothing other than reading your article, there's serious concern about how someone could do this. And something, I feel like there's, there's gotta be some, I believe there has to be some action being taken, but I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know why they're not saying something, maybe, but I would assume if this were Joe Blow doing this, there, there, there'd be even more coverage. There'd be, but I don't, I don't know if I think it's a, I feel like I'm missing a piece, but based on everything that you've reported, yeah, it's deeply concerning. And that's fair. There could be a piece missing, but, and there, but there is no coverage. Do you find that strange? Well, and, and it's possible there's an investigation going and they're not revealing that there's an investigation going, but you'd think at some point this touches so many elected officials and, and a, a major political party that you'd think somebody would say something, and it doesn't seem to me from your story to us sitting here today that anybody said a word about it. Even if it's like there's something big that we're missing that's not true, say that. Right, even don't a denial, anything, but there's anywhere. nothing. Yeah, hmm. no, that's crazy. Karen? But we also live, I think, in a, an environment where the media doesn't do the follow-ups anymore. They're understaffed. These media organizations don't have the budgets they used to do. And they chase out whatever's the sexy thing of the day, not anything you know, yeah, that's but, three days old. But I get tons of stuff about uh, you know, financial disclosures and you know, quarterly reports. And it's like, the, none of we're not, we all know the game, the, the electorate. We, we know it's big money. This is exactly what we're supposed to be keeping track of because it gives a window into the greater. But you also have now where people don't want to burn electeds because the electeds then don't give them access and then they can't do their job as reporters because now there's so many different places to go to get your side of the story out. You don't need to be responsive to the Detroit Free Press or the Detroit News or WDIV because you can blow well, them off and go to I, somebody else. I, I honestly think this isn't some high thing where people are... In my, if, I would not believe. I know nothing about it, nothing on this other than what I've read. But it seems like there's got to be some investigation. There's got to be something happening around it. And if there is something, she needs to come out. I mean, if I were her boss, I'd say, all right, if, if you do have a good answer around this, give your answer. Like, we're all being looked at crazy because of whatever the heck you got going on. Figure it out. Should there be a leave of absence while they take a look at it? And, and I would... Uh, if you were running the party. Yeah, you're so good. This is why people. Um, I would say that there should be a. I don't know the facts, 
So I can't directly say whether there should be a leave, but there should be some information, especially if somebody of, of a high nature has done something that seems to be really questionable. There should at least be some answers. Mm. We'll leave it at that. You know what? That makes a good soundbite, just that. And that can be framed for almost every elected official. Seriously. It shouldn't just apply to what you're talking about. It should apply to every elected official. Well, motherfucker, you need to be having some earphones on. It's this fucking millennial motherfucker. <laughs> he shows up late. I don't hear from him all week. He's supposed to be writing down, you know, the Karen just said. Well, that's a soundbite right there. But he has no clue. He's looking at me like, look at those gorgeous blue eyes. and that Where's Jesus? Jesus can fix it. <laughs> This is this is master class. I'm giving a master class. Don't don't look at me that way. Look at him. <laughs> All right, look here. Um, <clears throat> I want to bring first of all, this next segment is brought to you by ADR uh, Consultants, responsible for over 250 million dollars in public and private projects. If you need your job done. Right on time and ethically, you call Barry Ellentuck at uh, 248-318-9424. Get your project done on time and on budget. They take care of the headaches. You do the work. ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. In Detroit, Dan Gilbert. And that skyscraper that never seems to grow. I've been watching it now since we had the skyscraper guru. Mm -hmm. There's no steel. There's no steel going up. There's no steel because there's a supply chain issue. Like if you ordered steel two years ago, you're getting it in a year from now. So like we just gave him $60 million in tax breaks in a town whose tax revenues for property are going down. That seems unfair to me. So the day that your city council of Detroit decided to give the multi-billionaire a $60 million mulligan, a group of paraplegics. $60 million blowjob. Ooh, did you, what? What did you just say? <laughs> Nothing. You know, I was thinking out loud. That, Carry I, on, Charlie. I didn't know you knew the word. I didn't. I learned it from out. you. <laughs> <laughs> I never gave a blowjob in my life. Fact. Okay, let's move Fact on. Check that. Oh, Fact check that. Google it. <laughs> Go <laughs> Exit stage right. Abort, uh, abort. Really? Oh, oh. <laughs> there the Democratic women go with the abortion thing. All right, easy. All right, there's other things to talk about, which is the people who got kicked off the auto insurance, bipartisan, the Republicans and the Democrats told us it would be good, and they forgot 18,000 people. So while city council was voting on that, we were there with the protesters and nobody else. Do we have that tape? We have been heard. Someone looked us in our faces and lied to us. Even some of your legislators lied to you. I didn't know that people who's been cared for for over 20 years, now their insurance won't pay for absolutely essentials. You might remember Brian. We told you the story of this quadriplegic man who lost half his medical care after auto insurance reform was signed by Governor Whitmer in 2019. 
So last time I saw you, they stopped paying your bills, the catastrophic fund, and you're behind on your payments? Yeah, they're behind on the payments now. Yep. They're going to kick you out. They probably will. I mean, they had no, the uh, rehab center can't afford to stay open if they don't get payment for the people that are there, and I'm not the only one. Well, they're not. You're not getting it. You know that. Right. Yep. They're, they're, you know that, don't you? They're playing the game. Women don't care. Shirky don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Not in the legislators. It's really not too much to ask. Just grandfather. How many people? Yeah. They're about 18,000. And they got a $25 billion fund. Yes. Lots of money there. That would take care of everybody. 18,000 people like Brian, who are catastrophically injured in car accidents, now get less medical care. They're getting sicker, and their facilities where they live are closing. On a day when city council votes to give developer Dan Gilbert $60 million more million in tax breaks for his failing downtown skyscraper, Brian and others like him take to the streets. Gangster Gilbert does not care. Well, you know things are lousy in Michigan when people in wheelchairs are marching. They sold a bill of goods saying that if they made this change that the Detroit insurance rates would plummet and go down and that everybody's insurance rate would go down. I don't know about you, but nobody I know agrees with that statement. Detroit has the highest auto insurance in the country. Mayor Mike Duggan and Gilbert pushed for the new law to lower the rates so suburbanites living downtown would stop claiming they still live with their parents in the burbs where insurance is cheaper. Uh, right around the corner is the skyscraper. All the money, all the public, you're not going to believe this. We're here today and we're in the position we are in because of the men who are building that building right there. And I'm talking about Gilbert. And he worked with the mayor of Detroit to lower prices in Detroit to keep the population so he could get government money. And so Gilbert went along because he got benefits tax-wise for being able to do that. And so he just today got $60 million dollars tax-free like that from the Detroit city government. When they know we are all suffering, when they know Detroit drivers are paying the highest premiums in the U.S., and they know that Detroit is being redlined. After all this, Detroit still has the highest insurance rates in the country. Meanwhile, the catastrophically injured like Brian, who were promised lifetime care, are out on their asses. My heart goes out to them, but my heart also goes out to the people who for so long could not afford to even get insurance and were turned into criminals while they drove down the road, who ended up losing their cars, couldn't get to work, all of that. We had a very have a very complicated apples, system. Apples I think and that, oranges. No, but I think it matters. I why, think that our why are they not grandfathered in? And by the way, this is how the insurance works. Let's not be fooled. The only way your rate goes down is if you take less coverage. So if you yep. paid a thousand for full, that's what we used to do. I'm, the number's more like right, four right. or five hundred. Mm -hmm. If if you but Charlie, want, remember half, they kept. Go ahead, Karen. 
Remember, they kept saying, you know, that that we were the last place to have unlimited personal injury protection, that this that's the reason why insurance is so high. It's because everybody has unlimited personal injury protection. We're the last. That was not the case because I have personal unlimited personal injury protection and I live in Detroit. If I drove to Farmington, Bloomfield, Gross Point, I would still have unlimited personal injury protection, but my rate would be lower. Detroit has been historically and disingenuously high for decades. Let that me make this clear. That was not the reason why the insurance was high. I'll, I'll let you also- in. Let me do this for the listener. Yeah. Personal injury protection is simply an accident and you're injured, right? So it should be the same. It should be the same for everybody. The same cost. If you get hurt, we take care of you for life. The stuff that Detroit, the insurance should be higher is for theft, breaking into the car, uh, half the residents don't have insurance. So it's about that's about the property, not about the personal. The personal should be the same, and it's not. And all they did with this law was you can be half covered. That's why your note goes down. But we now know insurance as a whole with the personal injury and property has gone up in Michigan. We got sold a bill of goods and nobody thought that 20,000 paraplegics would be thrown on the ash pile. And I want something fixed. Could you talk to your powerful if, friends? If, if the legis- I mean, I, I believe this is in the hands of the legislature. Yeah, you know those people point, too. Can you? I would say though, a lot of people across, or at least I even know anecdotally people whose bills went down and directly experienced but so a benefit. But so did their coverage, though. Right, know. But, but that's, mine, but that's, that's an Mine went other, up. I mine went up. If, if you're somebody who's lived anywhere else, you live in Ohio, California, whatever, we pay lower prices and we don't have unlimited coverage and you still get good quality insurance. I just think forcing people into a system that was unaffordable, period, was wrong. Giving people an option is what to me makes sense. It now the legislature, shit. the legislature does have an opportunity to make some changes and they have yet to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you threw out the baby mm-hmm. with the bathwater. That's my thing. And uh, don't forget the know. governor signed it and pushed for it. They're all it, shit. I, I think it was a it was but, good legislation. You, you terrible legislation. You can't overcharge people and you know and then turn around and say, well, you know what? We're going to we're going to give you because we know a lot of people can't afford insurance. Insurance is crazy. But then you say, well, you know what? Hey, here, you could save 30 percent, but you will get less coverage. And then you turn around and look at what's happened to the people who did pay for that coverage and didn't get it. So, you know, they were telling everybody, oh, the Medicare will pick up the coverage. Medicare said, no, we're not going to pick it up. So if somebody is in a catastrophic accident, then what happens to those people? Yeah, I don't know one person outside the legislature or the insurance industry that believes these people shouldn't be grandfathered in. And in fact, raise my rates and, you know, the sad day when they move on to the Lord, then our rates will go down. I'm not, I'm not for hurting people. It's bipartisan bullshit. That's all. Now, having said that, we got no money for shit. Not in this town. Murders through the roof. Ambulances are late. We're bullshit fighting the census. Don't. Don't. <laughs> and then we got that kid from Grand Blank. Can Karen and Alexis, Detroiters, you keep track of this. Karen, give us a quick synopsis of this and then what it is that's murky here. 
This kid was well, the seventeen-year-old uh, Jacob Hills. Uh, he went missing. I guess it was his birthday. He had gone to the range with a gun, an AR-15, I believe, a high-powered rifle that he bought legally. He's I from Genesee County, right? Of, of, of his father, yes, he bought it in Oxford, uh, coincidentally. Um, and he had a tracking device on his car. He went missing. They found the car in Dearborn uh, Heights. Found him dead in Detroit on in a basement in Warren. Now I start looking. I, I saw it on the news, but this is one of several things that we see the first few minutes every night in terms of shootings, uh, homicides, non-fatal shootings, whatever. But I've gotten a few emails from people, and they were pretty irate. How could the police department blame the victim? You know what? You know they. Everybody says that Detroit is so safe, and then this kid. And so my position to them was, this is the reality that we live every day, that we're pushed a narrative that there's a new and safer and brighter Detroit, but yet and still we have to navigate the realities that somehow impacted this young man. People don't understand it until it hits them. But what you are told about this city and what we live in this city are two different things. Now, I will tell you this, I talked to some folks in DPD, and what I've learned is that the father's not cooperating. Two of this young man's friends uh, are cooperating and they are speaking with police. They believe that he could have come down to um, the city to try to sell the weapon. He was not, quote unquote, lured. I don't even know what that means to try to lure somebody to the city. You know, Detroit is not an amusement park and it's not a video game. You have a lot of suburban kids that are intrigued by coming down to the hood and they want to come down and live out there urban dreams. But this is a dangerous city, just like many other urban cities across the country. You know, people want to leave their car doors unlocked and leave their bags on their on the seat and then act surprised when somebody cracks the window and steals it. So that's the reality that those of us who live here deal with every day. So I think that one thing with this is that first, let's start with the gun where the place where he bought his gun is the same place where the parents of the Oxford shooter. Who bought the gun? My understanding, he bought it himself. He just turned 18. He bought it himself legally. Karen? That's my understanding, but, uh, okay. but I believe his father either knew about it or was with him. His parents were aware that he purchased a gun. Go ahead. He, he bought it legally. It was the same place where the, the parents of the Oxford um, shooter are accused of strange coincidence. Strange, co- uh, strange, co- strange coincidence. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one kids coming down to Detroit. If you are just come, if, if you're coming down to, um, you know, just enjoy the city, I think you should come down and enjoy the city, and I think that you will most likely be safe. If you come with an AR-15 in your car. Uh, you have some sort of, and I feel badly, I don't want to talk too much because you got a family that's grieving over this. Um, and, and, you know, there's nothing that they could ever done to deserve this. I think you just have to think about the situations because oftentimes you have, you, when you see some of these tragic situations, suburban kids, they're going somewhere to get drugs or they are caught in kind of situations that are not good. And I think that this, I mean, why do you have the AR-15 in the car, you know? I mean, I guess the, th- the thing we're going to is, was he lured or not? What, look, you're 18. I don't necessarily think what there was lured like... lured mean, though, Charlie? Uh, exactly. well, well, lured, that, well, what, what, what I'm hearing and what some people are kind of saying is that there was some sort of setup. There might be a friend who was in the situation. All right, fine. The kid may have been showing off um, 
um, money on Instagram and some people may have said, oh, come and party with us. I don't quite know. Fine. So it goes like this. The end of this story is this is a rough town. If I was you, kid, I wouldn't fuck around. And by the way, kid, if you're mm, in Roseville or you're right. um, in um, Waterford, don't be fucking driving around with cash in your anywhere pocket you, and a gun in anywhere, your car. Anywhere, exactly. I don't think, I think we need to avoid a narrative of this kid had an AR in his car and suddenly some guy saw him and said, let me get him. I don't believe, but my understanding could be true. That, that, uh, it could have. But I also believe we should not act as if Detroit is some extreme outlier. I do think you driving around Roseville, Warren, whatever. It is, I'll, it I'll agree to a point. Anywhere. Detroit is an extreme outlier. It absolutely is. But Michigan's an extreme outlier. I just don't recommend doing that, especially uh, so, when you're so 18 and you, not aware okay, of stuff. Okay, then let's flip it. Where do you recommend you run around with your AR in the backseat of the car at 18 years old? With Iraq. Up, up north. Iraq. Uh, up north. Up north. <laughs> so go to Marquette. No. Go out to Marquette I mean, but, and then you can roll around. But while we're having Maybe. a conversation Whatever. about high power, uh, you know, weapons and, and whether or not they should be, you know, certainly I, I, Rinky, I Rinky doesn't think have so. a right. I heard, but people have a right to, to bear arms, but we just saw what happened at Oxford. We saw what happened in Uvalde. We see, we keep seeing the impact of weapons and kids and it's okay for an 18 year old to have, like, why would you need an AR-15? And now Whoa. they said he's an honor student. That's Wait a minute. He's an, Wait he's a an honor student and he what was Chief going to the military camp or whatever. And that's fine. But why was it, or was it actually brought to Detroit? We don't know that either because okay. it wasn't it wasn't in the vehicle. Well, that's why and the No Bullshit News Hour, we're not telling you what happened. We're just speaking culturally about behavior and being just smart. Be kids. And in, enjoy your, your summer of freedom. Be smart. I was stupid myself. Didn't have to do with an AR-15, but I was stupid myself. So look out for yourself because apparently the rest of us don't fucking care. Now, speaking of kids, be the last bit here. I talked to Devil Skillion <laughs> about, uh, did I just call him Devil? Did you mean to? Was that frightening? Did you do Oh my God. Devin, that was not me. It was not me either, Devin. It was so the you. devil inside of me. <laughs> uh, we did a spoof on, on Devin and that was meant in the best way, brother. Like you're the dean of Michigan journalism. And I just want to say that. We had a nice long talk. Now, but having said that, we also talked about the kid, the new kid over there, WDIV. I don't know if his name was Guy or Garland or I think Grant it's or Spanky. And oh, I, I, don't Grant I don't know. Grant Hermes? I don't know. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't tutor- pronounce it Hermes, though. He pronounced it uh, Herms. I guess he doesn't want to associate it with the, the fashion with brand. The, uh, fashion <laughs> so, brand. <laughs> yeah. What's this? Uh, I'm not, not going to do it. So... They took the Tudor Dixon thing that's going viral around the country, and apparently it has to go from the Washington Post to San Francisco to Chronicle to, to get back here two blocks away to WDIV, and uh, they do a story. Let's roll a little bit of that. Tudor Dixon has been a staunch advocate for banning abortion in Michigan, as have all of her Republican rivals in this primary race, but this comment has gone viral, and it may not be in line with the voters that she's trying to win over. 
In an interview with a conservative online news outlet, Tudor Dixon, the leading candidate to become the Republican nominee for governor, asked about whether a 14-year-old victim of incestuous rape should have access to abortion. Her answer, making national headlines. Perfect example. Well, well, wait, hey, whoa, what, what, what's up? First of all, keep that image up there, man. First of all, see and say right there, courtesy, no BS news hour. It's not spelled correctly. I didn't give you any permission, man. Just take it and sticking that up there. No BS wrong. <laughs> so funny. Jerry, get some of that whiskey there, brother. I mean, this is unbelievable. Two, what do you mean an online conservative news outlet? You're a conservative. Probably. Yes, I am. Do you consider me a conservative? I do not. Do you? I, I do not. Kid, I'm two blocks yes. away. The name's Charlie LaDuff. This is No BS News Hour with Charlie LaDuff. I welcome you on. Don't do that stuff. Don't. That's, that's not fair use. And I love you. I, I just, look, I fuck with the media like everybody else. But I love you. I know what we are. You know what I mean? If we don't do it, nobody does it. This was a really great program. You notice how when we started talking about Detroit, San Diego guy over here? He had nothing to say. He, he would learn. But the man learns. And, and that's what we're committed to doing. So I, I, I know I dicked with you, Grant. That, that's your name. Welcome. I'm Charlie. I'd love to meet you. And we should all band together with different ideas and serve the public and not be afraid of that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to thank Alexis Wiley, big Democrat in this state. Tall Democrat. Yeah, and two, do you, oh, yeah. we might as well level with everybody. J Jason's a little vertically challenged, just a little bit. I'm not as tall as everybody. Alexis is an Amazon. And so we took the short chair and put Shorty in it, and then we jacked your chair up. So you're really not that short, but we just thought it would be funny because you guys are about ready to get your ass whooped in the state of Michigan in a red wave year. What the yes. fuck are you people? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, uh, Jason Rowe is his name. Uh, I want to dedicate the program to my good friend, Bob Shettlebauer, who passed. You remember him at the beginning of this show. I remember him from my professional life. We grew to be brothers. You're going to be missed, my man. Having said that, hug each other because it's over one day. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Grant, call me, bro. Bye, Karen. See you, guys. If you're a Scotsman or sleeping with one or just curious, next weekend, August 5th and 6th, the 173rd St. Andrews Highland Games, the oldest in North America, in Livonia, Michigan, at the Greenmead, Newburgh and Eight Mile Road. See you there. Probably not.